Welcome to episode eight of the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. I'm John Abbott, joined as always by President of Everything Financial, Peter Sashecki, and a very special guest as we get into our third quarter financial review. That is Miss Janice Sout and Vice President of Connor Clark and Lund Private Capital joining us uh, today. And uh, we certainly thank you for hopping on, Janice. I know you and Peter. Uh, have the the previous relationship so now we're going into podcast form and uh, on youtube as well so thanks for coming on to the your money personal finance podcast thanks for having me uh, before we get into questions for you uh, from peter and myself want to thank everybody who listened to episode number seven as always uh, you can find us on our youtube channel and across all podcast platforms and encourage you to uh, like subscribe and of course review as well and if you have uh, questions for peter or any of our special guests including the likes of uh, Janice, you can send them to your money at everythingfinancial.com. Uh, and Peter, I know uh, your history with Janice goes back and uh, you're obviously able to, to get Janice on to talk about uh, a lot of key things now moving forward. We hope in a positive way with our uh, economy and also as it relates to uh, planning and investments. So I'll let you uh, further introduce our special guest today. Thanks, John. Just want to welcome Janice Souden from Connor Clark and Lunn, or as I always say, CCNL. Uh, Janice and I go back a little over four years when I was introduced to her when I was looking at another portfolio management company to bring in the fold at Everything Financial and just liked her philosophy, uh, the company philosophy right away, which she'll go through in a lot of detail where they are a very big company. She'll let you know how big they are, but um, what we like is it's run like a little boutique firm. A lot of that's the firm, the people behind them, but definitely uh, the reason it's like that is Janice, her attention to detail, the way she treats clients. And, and it's great because when we get clients with uh, the assets that they have and Janice will take the time, go to the meetings with our clients, wherever they are. I mean, Mexico, the States, all up and down Vancouver Island and, and through the interior, you name it, Janice is there. And I know our clients really appreciate the personal service and the personal attention she gives and the way we work together really benefits our clients and that's what it's all about. So won't take away her thunder. I'll let Janice take it away and uh, turn over the floor to her. Great. Thanks so much, Peter. So first off, uh, this presentation that I'm about to go through um, is made for informational purposes only. Views expressed are those of Connor Clark and Lund Private Capital at the time of publication and are subject to change at any time. The presentation has been prepared without regard to a particular financial circumstances and objectives of any individual who listens to it, and nothing in this presentation constitutes or is a substitute for individually tailored financial, legal, or tax or investment advice, which is Peter's role in the whole uh, or, uh, relationship here. So I work for Connor Clark and Lund. I'm uh, one of the vice presidents uh, here in Vancouver. And as Peter mentioned, we manage over $80 billion worldwide uh, working uh, with private clients in conjunction with uh, financial planners. And the financial planners are the quarterbacks of the whole relationship. So what I'll review today is the investment piece of, of what we talk to our clients about. Um, so as we're investing money for clients, we have a quarterly review that we go through and we prepare um, and review every single quarter uh, in front of our clients. So this year's a little bit different. We're doing everything via Zoom or WebEx 
and I'll go through a couple of pieces of that presentation. Well, uh, you're certainly earning your money these days because my goodness, uh, 2020 has uh, reared its, its ugly head in, in uh, many ways. And uh, we will refer at times to some, some pictures and some slides as well, Janice, uh, that uh, you've been able to craft for us. And uh, you, can see, uh, you can see much the, like uh, the peaks and valleys. You can see the, the tops of the mountains and uh, the bottoms as well when you think of Okay, global pandemic. Uh, then you have the, the Canadian federal response to that. You have certainly our friends across the border and their response to it. Uh, the, the lack of a federal election, and yet we have provincial elections, uh, one in BC we just went through. Uh, then you consider an election on the other side of the border and my goodness, it's all wrapped up into this ever-changing environment. Uh, uh, so when you think of the, the third quarter coming in, I guess we'll stick with the, the virus. Uh, what are some of the strongest implications of relating to things at this time of our lives? Right. So COVID obviously is uh, really remains front and center for everybody. Um, and as investors, we're assessing the catalysts um, that are moving the markets um, in the face of risk. So um, over the last quarter, we started to see the positive effects of uh, federal stimulus, which is really historic. Um, we've never seen this level of, of stimulus before, um, but the world looks very different right now than it did back in March when the markets were falling. At that time, we didn't have stimulus. We had exponential growth in cases. Shutdown lengths were really unknown, and the effects of the economy and companies were really unknown. We know a whole lot more now, and that's reflected in the market. So in Q3, markets continue to rise. Um, despite the increase in COVID cases and political uncertainty, um, we won't get into politics. We have no, we are agnostic when it comes to Peter politics. <laughs> <laughs> We're just looking at, at the effects, uh, pros and cons either way, and, uh, and really the sentiment uh, uh, that investors have. So, but right now, you know, where we are, this is really, you know, the, the um, last quarter has really been uh, due to an improved outlook and economic data that shows recovery in many areas of the economy. So, uh, yeah, I like that you uh, said recovery, because I think for some of us, it feels like we're bogged in, uh, like there isn't really an end in sight, maybe no escaping. And it doesn't mean that you... Uh, you know, for those fortunate to have gone back to employment or now working from home consistently through it, uh, maybe a different story, but I think people's lives have changed drastically. So uh, when you say recovery and when you look at the scales here, it's surprising to me to see it tipped with uh, some good news, maybe outweighing the bad. Uh, can you can you share with us your viewpoint on that? Sure. So really, um, you know, the, the positive has um, uh, started to outweigh the negative. Um, Real, one of the important things to, to keep in mind right now is that at some point, we're going to have to transition the economy from um, public spending to private spending. But, um, you know, as we, as we start to um, focus on that, we're starting to see a pickup in demand in a number of industries. So technology for, for, for certain e-commerce, housing and manufacturing. Um, and also restocking of the goods that we see on on grocery store and and uh, retail shelves. So spending is really, um, if you think about it this way, it's the income of another, and we'll see profits rise as the demand starts to increase. 
Um, so over time, as this um, as this continues to to happen, there'll be less need for emergency levels of stimulus, and we can transition back to economy that's driven by the private sector. Peter, I'll. I'll- get you to jump in here. Are you seeing more people now maybe coming out of uh, a bit of a, an investment hibernation, if you will, and starting to, to recognize uh, what Janice is saying, that uh, you know, people can point to some positives moving forward? We are, but I noticed one thing uh, since the pandemic hit. We never slowed down. And probably that's through trying to stay in touch with clients, which we do quarterly reviews, which we do with Janice and our other portfolio companies where people saw the, and the sounds, it's not meant to sound callous or, you know, not caring, but people saw the opportunity Uh, when the markets oversold. And a lot of us do with the way mutual funds are run, et cetera, and how they just cause the market to over tank, right? Janice, I mean, go down way more than it maybe should have. Companies like Janice's look for opportunities. Which what items are on sale? We had a lot of clients investing um, in April when when the media goes on a rampage and says the sky is falling, the world's about to end. Then you look at redoing your financial plan and investing. And when the media acts like there is no end in sight and things are going amazing, and Janice will get into this in a future slide, I'm sure. Then you look at maybe it's time to scale back. So. People took the, the, the time off with COVID as an opportunity to look at their finances. And it's really been um, full steam ahead with no slowdown, fortunately for our company. So Janice, I'll throw back to you. What, uh, what's the path that's going to get us back to something more sustained? Because uh, again, for some, maybe it's hard to, to realize that that is uh, coming up, that that's a possibility. So uh, from your perspective, where are we at and uh, where do you see it going as far as sustainable growth is concerned? Right. So generally people are familiar with investing in public markets, so stocks and bonds. Um, and there's a third category that, uh, that our firm invests in, which is alternative private market, alternative asset classes. So, um, you know, over time, bond returns are really expected to be much lower than, than equities. And in fact, they might generate returns that are below inflation because of low levels of interest rates and bond yields. So demand for equities and especially private market alternatives are going to continue to be strong. Um, However, bonds are still a necessary part of the portfolio. They're a great diversifier in times of volatility, but private market alternatives, um, things like real estate, infrastructure, private debt, um, they are there to provide an added layer of diversification and smooth out the ride over, over periods of time like this. So, um, so while bonds are likely to provide a lot of, re- you know, not likely to provide a lot of return after inflation, um, they do protect capital at times when equities are temporarily declining, but also alternatives will also, you know, provide a, a certain layer of uh, uh, smoothing out the ride over periods of, of volatility. Janice Sounded from Connor Clark and Lung uh, Capital, and we're so happy to have you here with Peter Sushanki, president of Everything Financial as well. You mentioned equities. What would steer, what would steer you in that direction? So really, it comes down to uh, working with the financial planner and determining what a individual's uh, rate of return is that they require in order to meet all of their their goals and their income needs over a long period of time. So so if Peter comes to me and asks for a 20% return, 
on average, I'm going to tell them to go back to the table and, and uh, do some work there. We're trying to take as much risk off the table as we possibly can by creating a, a well-diversified portfolio that, you know, will get them to where they, they need to be. So if you, you know, the best predictor of future performance is what's happened in the past. So if a balanced perform balanced portfolio has returned about 8% historically, you know, it's probably un unlikely, but that's all that we have to go on. Um, so we're looking a little bit more recently and we, our outlook for, uh, for a balanced portfolio is in the five to 6% range, um, which is sort of in line with what most clients um, that we're working on uh, are looking for and it's a reasonable expectation for a balanced portfolio. And Peter, I'll bring you back in to follow that up um, because we're talking about equities, talking about bonds. And uh, I wonder, is this the most unique in your career? Is this the most unique um, navigating you've had to do uh, as far as, you know, trying to set people up for financial well-being? I know you have the Omni formula for the, with the GPS that's uh, allowing you to to direct people, but this this must be one of the most unique, if not the most unique period of time in, in your side of the business. You would think so. And we hear that from a lot of people and Janice and I talk about this quite a bit, but sort of steal it, but it's not. I mean, I've been doing this 30 years. It's, it's, it's unprecedented in cause. It's unprecedented in name, being a virus as opposed to a financial crisis, an oil crisis, uh, you know, a, a, a tech crisis, all these other things. But it still looks the same as a lot of the other crisis in a sense that you have to plan. Um, the market goes in the toilet, but a, a proper well thought out plan. And it's interesting, Janice and I were talking about this the other day about the type of things we were talking to people about in January, where the markets were high Janice's company and other portfolio management companies, unlike say mutual fund companies and a lot of them are ETFs that just follow the market, they were planning that something's going to give, something's going to cause the markets to react, correct, whatever terminology you want to use. And so companies like them are planning on things are going to go down or give back profit. So we were having clients take profit off the table. And this is just, it's a, it's a horrible thing. It's worldwide. A lot of people have lost their jobs. Um, People have lost their lives, but if you're a fortunate one who still works or you're getting back to work, then you have to look at what do I need to do different? And like Janice was saying there, what we do, it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. So what we do is build the plan, figure out how low of a return you really need. The lower the return, the less volatility you need in the plan and the more likelihood of success. So that recipe for success hasn't changed. It's the same as it was before. Getting Sticking to basics, not chasing returns, not looking for the, the golden light and the magic thing at the end of the rainbow, sticking to basic core plan, make a plan. Then we have people like Janice, build the investment portfolio and manage it to fit the plan. You stick with that philosophy, no matter what's going on in the world, COVID-19 or Gosh knows what in two or three years from now, let's hope we're through this and it's just a bad dream. But if you stick to the plan and the way to do it, you'll come out ahead every time. Well, we'll get to uh, asset allocation in a moment, Janice, but just to double back on the heels of what Peter was saying, um, are, bonds, are bonds attractive right now? Well, as I mentioned, um, bonds are an important diversifier in most portfolios. 
Um, so it's necessary to have bonds. There's a great chart in uh, in the slide deck that I sent that shows the effect of of um, moving 100% towards equities and the amount of volatility or, you know, we measure volatility in terms of uh, the likelihood of seeing a uh, decline in the value of a portfolio over over a period of time. And obviously, that's very significant, the more you have in equities, because they're very volatile. So bonds will smooth out the ride. But again, that's where we bring in alternative private market alternative asset classes to help smooth out the ride over time as well. Um, one of the things I was going to mention too is that you know as we're taking a look at um, at the future and you know and and being defensive as Peter mentioned back in January, we were expecting that at some day at some point markets were going to start to decline as well. So the best way to to illustrate um, portfolio risk and uh, um, and what we're trying to do to be defensive is um, taking a look at um, portfolio declines. And so what happens underwater? Um, so it's important because while we forecast return, we think risk on a forward basis is similar to what we've experienced in the past. So if you take a look, at, for example, in 2008 and the, the amount that a portfolio that was 100% invested in equities declined, it was very significant. And it took a long time for it to get back up to zero and start earning money um, again. So if you're in a um, portfolio that is fully weighted towards equities or, or heavily weighted towards equities, it's going to take a long time to get back up to zero. A more balanced portfolio, it's going to take less time. And you're also not seeing those heart stopping middle of the night, you know, panic attacks where your portfolio has dropped, you know, 40, 40 or so percent like it did uh, back in, in 08 or back in March when we saw these massive declines. So, so it's really important to look underwater at what might potentially happen. Um, and being protective in uh, in those cases. She is Janice Souden from uh, Connor Clark and Lung, Vice President uh, at that firm, and Peter Sushecki, President of Everything Financial, joining us. And uh, boy, this is such an important uh, podcast. So we thank you all for watching and listening uh, as we go along here because of the information that's provided. And uh, for each of you, you may have had a hint of uh, maybe things forthcoming or or ways to plan ahead in case of something, uh, maybe not necessarily knowing it was as serious as a pandemic, but for most people, it's all about reacting right now. So uh, you've laid things out very neatly, Janice. I appreciate that. Uh, when we look at the percentages and how you tackle asset allocation, uh, how do you go about doing that right now for somebody uh, in these times? So again, you know, it really goes back to the plan. Um, and we talk a lot um, to clients about how they feel about risk. So again, we go to that um, analysis of portfolio declines and we talk about, okay, if you see a 40% decline, what is your gut saying? If you don't think that you can withstand that and if you certainly, you know, if you don't need those huge returns because you have a good solid plan in place that gives you a, you know, the need for a very reasonable rate of return, then there's no point in, um, in creating an asset allocation that is so volatile that it's going to keep you up at night for, for no uh, necessary reason. Um, so again, you know, it really goes down to, uh, to the plan, but it's important to keep in mind that um, being out of the market is not a, a good plan either because market timing just doesn't work. 
nobody has a crystal ball to tell you exactly when to get in and when to get out. So a lot of advisors or a lot of investors react emotionally and end up buying high and selling low. Um, And so this is a very reliable way of destroying your wealth. And we don't want that. So our job is to, you know, hold people's hands through turbulent times and, you know, make sure they're focusing on their plan. Well, we're happy you're here to do that. And uh, I think many people uh, trust uh, the pros as they should and the experts to, to get them through times like these. And so maybe perhaps uh, people are wondering what, what else, where can I be steered? Um, alternative investments. I think you mentioned a few of these uh, earlier on, but uh, perhaps you could dive into that um, with, uh, with some of the, the graphics that you've used as well. Sure. So private market alternatives, um, what we have that we use on our on our platform is real estate infrastructure and private loans. And again, you know, it forms part of an, an overall plan. It's not a standalone um, type of investment. It is a part of a well-diversified um, portfolio. And so we'll incorporate um, these types of investments because they have low correlation to the market. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they will be completely positive when the markets are down or vice versa. It just means that there's there's uh, lower volatility um, and a more sustainable um, um, outcome that can provide some really great tax efficiency and most importantly, diversification to the asset mix. And Peter, just to bring you in on the perspective from your desk, do you find you have to twist people's arms to maybe expand or think differently? Or are people more open-minded now because of everything that they're going through? No, people are more open-minded. And one of the reasons we chose Janice's company where they fit on our shelf with companies is the alternatives. Um, It's something that's not done by most companies and some other companies, they kind of put a name on it but they're not really doing it. Uh, Janice and CCNL really take the lead on this because one thing I really love about their company, and, and this is just advice for everyone, not just about CCNL, how to measure a company is never in what they make you. And this is how I chose Janice's company. It's never in what they make you. People go on about rates of return and everything else. It's what they don't lose you. And when people see um, attention to detail and conservation of principle being at the forefront, that actually makes things easier for clients to understand when you don't need to twist their arms. Once you give them the education of, we're not here to make you money. I mean, yes, we all want to make money, but making money starts with one thing, not losing money, limiting losses when the times are in the toilet. And that's when your financial advisor and your portfolio manager should be reaching out to you. That's not when they should be hiding and putting their head under a pillow. Uh, Absolutely. And, Janice, to go back to your side now, um, I, I like the phrase here, tactical positioning, because wouldn't everybody uh, like to have uh, more information about where they are and where they could be going? And I think, again, for your visuals, it does help to see uh, what would come through, the dips, uh, where we are on this incline, and the fact that, hey, it, it does appear to be moving out, moving onward, moving forward. So, uh, can you take us through tactical positioning as well? Sure, absolutely. So at the top of, um, we have a bit of a, it looks like a roller coaster slide. <laughs> um, and so back in January and February, we were sort of at the top part of that of that roller coaster. We'd come out of a, you know, 11 year uh, bull market since, you know, 2008, 2009. And so as active managers, we have 
the ability to make some conscious choices about our portfolio or what we call tactical positioning. Um, You know, and at that point, we had pared back a little bit less focus on equities and tried to be a, a bit more defensive. And lo and behold, guess what happened? COVID happened. We didn't know this was going to happen. We have no insight, um, you know, looking forward as to whether we'll have another dip in the roller coaster. But certainly where we are now is in the upswing. So that cart that's going up the hill again. And so now, you know, as Peter mentioned, when um, uh, equities are at a, at a lower valuation, um, then they, you know, across the world than they have been um, over the, you know, pre-COVID, um, now is an opportunity to take another look at your plan, potentially rebalance your portfolio. And that's w- certainly what we're doing inside our portfolios as well as active managers is making conscious choices of, you know, how to balance the overall mix. We have a philosophy we, that we do not go to cash. And again, that is um, um, based on the fact that market timing just does not work over the long term. So we don't know what's going to happen going forward, but um, we're hopeful that it will continue in its in its recovery. Uh, one more uh, topic for each of you to chime in on, if you don't mind, and it's something that you brought up just prior to this and hinted at anyway as well, Peter, uh, emotional investing. And I think uh, the way you just finished that uh, statement, Janice, you know, you certainly can the state of unknown does a lot of different things to people. Some are planners, some are reactionary. And uh, maybe you could uh, expand for us why emotional investing um, can be dangerous and uh, your thoughts on how to better lay things out. And Peter, I'll let you follow up Janice as well. Absolutely. So, you know, again, um, it's ultimately, it's better to, to ignore the crowd. So a lot of investing is, um, and a lot of what the markets do is based on sentiment. And this is, you know, people that are reacting emotionally when you see the value of your your portfolios start to decline and you're hearing headlines all over the place saying, you know, that this is the worst or, you know, on the flip side, this is the best. Um, those are the times to turn off the TV, talk to your financial planner, stay the course ultimately, because, um, really missing the best days in the market is very easy because they tend to be around periods of uncertainty and recent market decline, like we saw back in March. But um, so at that point, often, you know, investors will reduce risk in times of um, significant decline only to miss the best days that happen around these large declines. And this materially impacts their return and the growth of their portfolio and can have a very, you know, um, potentially devastating long-term effect on uh, on the outcome of their plan and whether they're going to meet their their goals that uh, folks like Peter have set out for them. Yeah, it's a slippery slope potentially, Peter. Yeah, it is. And and people, we have, I mean, the stories Janice and I could tell about some people, <clears throat> excuse me, phoning, especially in, in March when things happened, but no different than back in 2008, the same things. The people that stay the course and don't make emotional decisions about money are the ones that come out ahead. And that goes on in real life too. Don't get emotional decisions about money, make logical decisions. And that's where a portfolio manager comes in. That's where in your, in your city or town where you're at, you want to seek out a registered financial planner who use logic and a plan to help you as Jenna said, steer the course and steer the boat. I said, you just can't make emotional. We had people saying, phoning in March, saying the stock market's going to go to zero. 
So I need to take all my money out now. And the stock market didn't go to zero. And I mean, that means every company is broke and every company is gone. And there's a worldwide collapse of everything, basically Armageddon. I mean, and you just can't think like that. And we have some people who couldn't sleep at night and, and it's always shown the ones who just go to cash when these things happen and let emotional guide them. Um, they end up making the, the bad decisions. So go to the professional, stick to the plan and long-term you'll come out ahead. Maybe you won't come out ahead for three or four months, but it's not a three or four month game. It's a long game. So many more avenues we could go down and I'm sure we will in future podcasts as well. He is Peter Sushecki from Everything Financial, the president of that company, working with Miss Janice Souden, VP of Connor Clark and Lund Private Capital. Uh, you can find Janice online at cclprivatecapital.com, cclprivatecapital.com. I know, Peter, you want to send Janice on her way as we uh, also put a little pin to say, welcome back anytime, Janice. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we definitely want to get Janice back. And one thing I'll close on what Janice does really well, and we always make sure we do, because people get emotion about this stuff. When you're looking at statements and going to your portfolio manager to do a review, you, do, you never review from June to last January. You're not a full cycle, right, Janice? You always look at, from whatever day you're looking at, look at one year, look at two year, three, four, five. But always in the same month, get the full cycle. As a client, you don't want to try and pick and choose when you do a review. So it's always high or it's always down. That creates emotion. There's no place for emotion in a plan. Stick to the plan. Stick with a good portfolio management company who worries about, you know, keeping your money in place, not worrying about just trying to shoot the lights out and you'll come out ahead. Exactly. And if you're feeling emotional, call your financial planner. We, um, had a quarterly review uh, presentation similar to this in uh, March and in July. And we were in front of every one of our clients reviewing where we'd been, where we are now, what we see looking forward and what we're doing about it. And that is um, holding our clients' hands is so critical during periods like this. Appreciate the insights and uh, the projection as well, in many cases, uh, from Ms. Janice Souden, along with Peter Shashaki, again, Janice uh, from Connor Clark and Lung, Peter Shashaki from Everything Financial and Everything Mortgages Now, too. That's episode eight of the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Continue to encourage you to subscribe on your, on your favorite podcast platform. You can find us on YouTube as well. If you have any questions for Peter or any special guests, maybe you want to go back and uh, be able to pick the brain of someone like Janice, you can send it to your money at everythingfinancial.com. Thanks for watching and listening today to the Your Money Personal Finance Podcast.